Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is the show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book, I do the review and stick it on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to and hopefully enjoy. Uh, joining me today is Juliana. Say hello, Juliana. Hello, everyone. And uh, again, it's a good job there's no set schedule because yesterday we recorded a podcast. Yes. No, was it yesterday? No, no two days two ago. Two days ago. Two days ago we recorded a podcast, our special episode 450, which is about yes. sub genres and expectations when you hear a book is in a subgenre what do you think about that um <clears throat> more and, on that later in this book, podcast what books does it bring um, to mind yeah but it yeah. turns out that both Juliana and I had just about finished reading our books at the same time so we're gonna you don't have to have listened to episode 450 but we mentioned these two reviews that we're going to record today don't worry there'll be two different podcasts we're going to do my book first though yes um and the two books uh, uh, both of the books we went into with some expectations and then they in some ways met the expectations otherwise confounded those expectations but they're not expectations like this is a really great book it's more of like um it's more of like oh you you're expecting this kind of novel based on the blurb based on a recommendation someone said oh it's a bit like this plus this it's yeah. a you know it's a dystopian with um, superpowers or it's a right. you know like you, as soon as you hear that you're like all oh, right I kind of get a feel for what's like it's a near future something something I don't know or uh, even just oh this is a fantasy yeah. or it's a science fiction book yeah it could even that be that already um, is, uh, is setting expectations yeah so we had some feedback about um, episode 450 one person said oh it was actually on the it was in it was in the um, Goodreads uh, listener group actually oh I, I didn't could, see that yet uh, yeah it's uh, let me let me bring it up here because it's in um, Ryan commented in the in the topic episode feedback he pretty much just says episode 450 has almost tempted me to organize my goodread bookshelves with more specific tags so oh. thanks for that yeah i forgot <laughs> to mention that L lots of books have tags attached to them for example the book i'm going to review today has um lg uh, btq something uh, or whatever whatever the uh, yeah. you know and uh, and there was a few questions there saying is there any gay um, representation in this book it's like no two characters in two minor minor characters mildly in passing mention that they're gay and then it doesn't have any impact on the story moves on and people are like oh okay the thing is it it what? it's just in in the perfect world, it's just no. Part the of point the world. is, if somebody is wanting to read a book with gay representation in it because they're gay or they want to read that, and this book right. has been shelved or people have been shelved in the shelved this in the oh yes, oh, uh, because you can see that actually yeah. where people put this book yeah, exactly. in, right? Ah, yeah. um, yes, of course. So uh, in the quick, it's it's in uh, science fiction, fiction, adult space, LGBT. Okay, so just, uh, adult fiction, fantasy, audiobook. You know, so what the the number of uh, people who have shelved this you know most people have shelved it you oh, know right. in in uh, in si 67 people have shelved it in science fiction 12 yeah. users have shelved it in lgbt yeah and then the people are saying is this a gay book and other people say no don't like that's incorrectly this is not a, yeah but so, but i find that quite interesting because yeah. i never think uh, that when i put uh, books into shelves yeah. for me other people see that yes yeah. and and it's quite you can use it as a guide it's actually I, again i was going to mention that on the 450 episode but i but forgot to but now we've mentioned it yeah but also it's quite interesting because it's one of those um we recently watched this video where this guy does these um um 
the modeling of uh, Ant. Like he does AI um, modeling oh, yeah. stuff. And he had this um, thing where he did the ants modeling. Yeah. And this is one of those things where they have the, they, they set out pheromones for yeah. there's food here. And yeah, exactly. These, stuff. these Goodreads bookshelves are like trail pheromone yeah. trails for people to follow to yes, other books. Yes, that's so a that's, good, quite that's fun. a good analogy. Yeah. Um, and uh, it says, wondering if you actually get comments, complaints about episode length or if it's just something you're wary of. I know sometimes I put off seeing a 90 plus minute episode of a podcast, but that's always that. But that's always with podcasts that are new to me. Could have easily listened to another half hour of episode 450 if you felt uh, more things needed to be said. Whether it's 20 minutes or two hours, each book gets an episode. Have faith in us listeners in caring about what you have to say about Aww. a book. Or <clears throat> about what you have to say about a book rather than whether we can listen to it um, all during our exercise routines forward, forward slash commute slash commute. Um, oh, thank so, you. Thank That's you very much. Nice. We, I actually do have um, faith in that. I think that if a, if we have a long discussion, it's because a book is worth talking about. Yes. However, I like podcasts which are around like between 45 minutes and an hour and 20 long. Yes. You know? But I think it is something to, like we always wonder yeah. with the books are like that. Yeah. Um, they're generally that yeah, yeah, that's, anyway. And that's, what I, that's what episode, I aim for. Yeah. yeah, that's what I aim for. And I do know that people are coming into this with, you know, although the Nova episode, it seems like some people were responding to that maybe without hearing that. I'd rated it 3.5 stars. I don't know. You got some feedback. Anyway, so that was a bit of feedback. Um, also, we got I got a message from uh, on Twitter saying uh, we were talking about near future. And they're like, if, if you wait too long to read a near future science fiction book, does it become alternate uh, history? Yes. And I don't think so. I just think it becomes an out of date that but it reminded I think me that was like what? one that was one of the points yeah. I tried to make yeah, when yeah, I no. said oh if you have a near future at this point yeah. when you then read it after this point is it then yeah, yeah what is it then but I think you only ever use the label near future if you um if it's within the time of it being like it's between the time it's been written and the time it's set because yeah it it falls off i don't think it becomes alternate history because it isn't written as alternate history right because it is, it you need to read it from with, the point of view yeah. when it was written yeah i think for example you know if we're using um uh, man in a high castle mm. that's only alternate history not because it was written at the end of world war before the end of world war 2 and we expected the germans and the japanese to win but then they didn't and then that book no it it relies on the fact, I think alternate history relies on the fact that you know the true outcome of the story or you know the current state of the world and the author is writing against that. Right. Does that make so sense? You're meaning that it needs to be the conscious decisions yes. from the author to write yeah. alternate history and it doesn't be just because they set it in their, in their plans as, oh, I write this as a near future book. Yeah doesn't change it yeah. then to somebody writing a near history. future book isn't writing alternate history right. when harry turtledove wrote um a book about aliens invading during world war Two. yeah that he wrote that in i don't know the 90s or 80s or 90s or whenever he started writing that series i read it for the first time probably in the 90s okay um but it, it, he was basing it on our understanding of how world war Two actually turned out yes when H.G. Wells was writing War of the Worlds, it's also an alien invasion, but yeah. he was writing it from then on. Like he was going, ah, oh, in, in a few years in the future, this will happen. Okay. But, he, but now 
we're not reading into that reading that he was talking about World <laughs> War Two because that hadn't happened yet or World yeah. War One because it hadn't happened yet. You yeah. know, okay. and, and so it's a different thing. Anyway, I don't want to go too in, too much into this. Just somebody mentioned that, and I uh, but I do remember an episode that I did um, about the door into summer by Heinlein, and that was written I think in the 1950s, mm-hmm. but it starts starts off being set in the 1970s, and oh. then someone goes forward in time to like the 1990s, mm-hmm. so or, or whatever. But there's these different time scopes, and and when he goes forward in time, they're like, oh, now we have banks, and I can go to a bank, and I can just get money out of any bank because they just talk to each other with you know with electronic computers, and I don't have to you know they don't have to have a paper record, and Ooh, that was like in the 1950s, clever. that was really clever. Yeah, like nobody had ever had like computer banking before. No. But that was, again, it's one of those things that that doesn't make it alternate history. It makes it out of date, near future or out of date, you know, speculative or futurism. Past, uh, like not in past, like in past and future, but like time has passed. kind of. And I I don't think we should confuse alternate history. Okay, but let's get into today's book. Okay. Let's just put all those expectations aside. I just want to say, that, <laughs> no, no, I will get back into more about the expectations what of this book. What book is it actually? Um, it's called In the Quick by Kate Hope Day. Now, oh, such a cool name. It is, In the Quick. No. Oh, Kate, Kate Hope Day. That's such a fun name. Okay, so <laughs> can, uh, the introduction, uh, yes. I'm going to, let's, uh, I'm going to throw out the segues and the, and the subtle things. Okay. okay. Can a book, can you judge a book by its cover? Always a great thing. Sometimes a book will have a really cool cover. Sometimes my favorite books, I'll see like the cover that they that they used in Poland, and you're like, oh wow, the Polish cover is really good. Yeah. But you only think it's a really good cover because you already know the book and it's a favorite. You know, the people say, oh, this Star Wars poster from Italy, uh, you know, from 1984 or something, and people go, wow, that's crazy. That's a much better poster. But it's only a better poster because you already know and love. The, the the movie okay and the books that you read you're like I like the the Ian and Banks books the culture books in the UK they were published all with this very like crisp black and white color covers with like one bit of color in them you know okay there was a, there was a certain style yeah and then when you see those same books with like a boring like oh just a man against the background you're like ah that doesn't work for me because I I had these covers like these yeah. famous covers mm. in your in your minds the uh, but yeah. I think this is now looking backwards at the yeah, yeah. at the issue because you, looking like knowing the book and yeah. then looking at covers yeah. changes it yeah that's but what I'm if saying you, you always got that book, retrospective like oh this is my favorite author I recognize the style of the yeah. covers that they have and it brings you in yes. you already have good associations with that but okay, the way so, that like I used to go yeah. into bookshops and I was yeah. Like I bought books like crazy by like, the cover. Yeah, yes. Also, also, um, because German publishers are actually pretty good with yeah. making nice yeah. cover art. Yeah, it works and out then, well. And then I sometimes have picked out books by yeah. their covers yeah. because well, they told me stuff. That's how I got into science fiction. Well, no, when I was getting into science fiction and fantasy, the library, Barnard Castle Library, that I would go to, didn't they didn't have a science fiction fantasy section. Mm. So what I would do is try and find new authors and, and books which were either science fiction or fantasy and i would literally go along every single shelf in the whole fiction section pull a book off does it have a spaceship or a dragon on the front yes no no and then i would literally just went through all of them and sometimes you'd be getting like ah oh, there's somebody is this is this, this like be... r- a romance book with wow, somebody that's really like you know... tapping in the dark yeah no it was i was like i was trying <laughs> to source it and i just went through alphabetically you know oh. so i started off with a, oh, what what yeah. section is there then? Just fiction? It was just general fiction. Wow. There okay. was no science fiction. Anyway, let's put, again, I want to get onto this point. So 
is it possible to want to read a book with an author you have no knowledge of um, purely because of the cover grabs you so much? Now, here's the thing. Somebody posted, well, it was Jenny from Reading Envy, Reading Envy podcast, posted a book that she had just got a newly recent arrivals post on on Instagram. That's why I follow her on Instagram, because it's all all book covers, which is fantastic. And uh, she posted this in maybe one of her Instagram stories. And I was like, I love the cover of that book. And the reason I love the cover of that book is because I have that artwork hanging in my uh, in my uh, home. Yes, uh, it's right it's, here. It's a pink astronaut. In fact, I brought it here into the office. We're now looking at it's it. A, it's a, it's a, it's an astronaut pink, and it's a, and we have one of the limited editions. Only two. There was two hundred prints of this piece of artwork with a, uh, with a, a pink background and a pink um, uh, astronaut hovering, floating on the pink background. Yeah. And uh, the reason I bought this is actually to do with the science fiction book review podcast. Um, oh really? Yeah. Ah. So there's a um, Jeremy Geddes who painted that picture. Yeah. He uh, was an early listener and is still a current listener oh. to the Science Fiction Book Review podcast. Oh, that's cool. And he sent me a message saying, oh, uh, I enjoy there's something like I enjoy the podcast. I listen to it when I'm painting and I'm like, hmm, painting. Um, and so I went and had a look at his artwork and uh, on his website. And I loved his artwork because it's like this science fiction inspired um, artwork. It's, and it's, it's astronauts this... floating. It's like photorealistic yes. astronauts floating. I was in... just about to say that yeah. because we also have uh, another artwork. Well, again, let me stop. On... You're giving away the story. Oh. You're giving away the story. Okay, so sorry. at the time, he only had because like he had these certain limited edition prints. Yeah. And I found one that I liked. There was this one, and I think two or three other pictures. And I and so I bought this limited edition print. He he posted it over from Australia. Cool. And I and I hung it on the on the wall. And then since then, yeah, I've I. I have got two other um one of the limited edition prints that he had which is called um uh zero gravity when gravity fails something like that no not can't be when gravity fails it's this one hanging yeah, here yeah this one it um, hangs literally on the on my right here yeah no it's called perfect vacuum yeah perfect which vacuum is, perfect, and, and it's that's named after a science fiction novel i think by stanislav lem or it's a short story of him which is one of the books in the background amazing amazing artwork let me just explain well, here because yeah. these two artworks the one that you just talked about the the yeah. astronaut and the the perfect vacuum you had them when we met like these two were already in your life and i was so amazed by the perfect vacuum like i didn't i didn't think it was a painting first yeah like you look at it and think it's a a, it's a photo but then of course this can't be a photo because it's literally impossible yeah and it's so so cool well that's what jeremy does he does photorealistic paintings of fantasy and science fictional scenes but not science fictional scenes like a spaceship going past no it's like these subtle you know, post-apocalyptic... Yeah, talking, talking about um, s- uh, genres and not like painting styles, but content-wise, like mm. you have still life and whatever. Yeah. And I would totally say he is painting science fiction. Yeah. Uh, anyway, amazing. Paintings. And then we, then he had another one which wasn't a which wasn't a, a limited edition. It was a timed release. So now he just because the thing is the um, the he's got successful enough and loads of people love his art so much that yeah. when he's sort of like oh I'm making 250 of these they yeah. they were selling out in minutes or seconds. Yeah. yeah. Um, so now he does timed releases that he says okay. this is available for sale for 12 hours. And yeah. anyone who buys one in that twelve hours, we will, you know, that's that's what he does. He's this got some ha- books out that you can buy as well. It's cool. Um, but no, I was very lucky to get these these uh, pictures. 
Um, it's really but certainly nice because you can't get them anymore. Like he, he's he's successful as an artist, and also yeah, it's not just you. I've had other people come into my to, like visit my apartment yeah. when we lived in Merringham, yeah. and they saw the picture and like, oh, I can't believe you got Jeremy Geddes uh, painting. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, I got in there early with this one because yes. like you know I don't say oh he listens to the po- he listens to my podcast, but like again, it's okay, it's okay to be mute. I'll be a fan of um, Jeremy's art. And he can and he can be a fan of the podcast. Yeah, he's one of our Patreon supporters. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, thank you so, so anyway, much. That's cool. So what happens? There's a little bit of a. I, a, I wanted to, to well, point out one more thing okay, about yeah. the astronaut painting, right? Yeah. So the pose he's in. What does she? This, it's a paint. It's a la- lady. It's a paint. Well, okay. Put it this way. Oh, it, it, sorry. This it, is like this is so. No, no, no. But it's it's somebody in. It's, it's somebody an astronaut. In, I always think of it as um space is like astronaut Jesus, pink astronaut Jesus. Yeah. Is, well, I don't tell know me what the why. Name is. What? Well, why do you think that? Because it's he's doing a Jesus, but arms outspread. Like if 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 that was if he was floating yeah. above the Last Supper. No, no, because he does that. That you know the arms wide yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. But um, yes, it's this this pose that um, the the minister in front of the the people uh, when they he they finish their thing and yeah. then they do this holding out the hands and I give you the grace and whatever and then they put yeah. it up and I don't know all the the different hand motions they do. Um, but yes, it does. It does look a bit messiah-like, and I remember us looking where should we hang this picture, and then we were thinking about hanging it where, you know, in the now in the in the dining room area, yeah. And then then we were thinking, like, oh no, above the the piano. That was it. We wanted to. Uh, one idea was it to hang it above the piano, but then it would feel really f- weird to have the piano and above it like this. Mm. Um, this astronaut giving you the grace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, it did. It felt like it, we felt like we had made ourselves a little altar. shrine. Yeah. yeah, a little altar. <laughs> okay, so actually, the pink astronaut is called Redemption. Is the name of right. the pa- painting. I just went to JeremyGeddesArt.com uh, painting group transient. So, so that's the that's the one they have there. Yeah. So he's got these different nice. themes. Uh, the the astronauted f- space figure floating in like post apocalyptic um, uh, scenes is one of them. Yeah. Another one is uh, also another one is pigeons and yeah. also pigeons plus. Plus, um, plus uh, spaceship. So yeah, we have a few of them. We have uh, the perfect vacuum. Yeah. A, a print redemption. Of redemption. And, and then the Imperator. I think yes, it's called. Im- Im- and uh, yeah, we got them professionally framed and stuff yeah, like oh, that. That adds so much to the paintings. And if we, and if ever we're um, uh, a bit stuck for cash, we can uh, we can sell them on eBay or something like that. Not going to sell it. Actually, it's just look. beautiful. eBay. No, let's not do that now. Jeremy. We can Geddes. do that. We can do that in private. I'm not going to sell the paintings. Jeremy Geddes for sale. Look, so <gasps> I can I could sell this one for what three four uh, Imperator signed article. That's that we can get. That's that's four hundred euros. But no, I think the the perfect vacuum now is is one of his more famous ones and more. Um, you know, because it wasn't. It it's actually limited edition. It yes. wasn't. It, you know, it wasn't just yeah. generally available. So yeah. uh, anyway, Jeremy Geddes, big fan of his art. We have yes. literally three of his paintings. We have one here <laughs> in the office. Like every time that we're holding up a book and you're looking at... Oh, you at, see it in the background. Yeah, if yeah. you ever see the photo of us holding yeah. up a book on yeah. the Science Fiction Book Review podcast, the, the image in the background is Jeremy Geddes. Anyway, that's all to say. So we've done like 15 <laughs> minutes on Jeremy and how like we really love his painting. But this is really important because then I yeah. see this book come through in the quick by which Kate Which is Hope this Day, cover. Which is, the, it, which is literally a, a limited edition signed print that I have yeah. uh, hanging up of in my apartment and I've had since 2010. Yes. Um, so yeah, why not? Of course you're going to take it. this book. Well, at least I was going to check it out. If it yeah. had nothing to do with science fiction. So I so I checked it out. This is a book that came out like in March, I think. 
yeah, this year? Yeah, March 22nd, 2021. So it was a recent wow, book. Very so recent. I saw this uh, come through, you yeah. know, Jenny obviously got like an advanced reader copy and then it gets to March and it becomes available as an audiobook. Right. I download it as an audiobook. And the reason I do is because here we go. In the Quick by Kate Hope Day. A young, ambitious female astronaut's life is upended by a fiery love affair that threatens the rescue of a lost crew in this brilliant, brilliantly imagined novel in the tradition of Station Eleven, a book that I've not read, and The Martian, a book that I you have read. read. Um, so okay. I got to that part in the blurb. That's like the, the bold blurb at the top. There's another few paragraph, paragraphs of sort of like breaking down what the story is about. But okay. I was already convinced. I was like, yeah, let's just get this. Good cover. Sounds roughly right. Yeah, and again, I I didn't mind that if the book wasn't good because I like I'm not. It's one of these things that I'm not reading the book because I want a good book to read. I'm actually kind of reading it because because of the cover. You yes. know, that is one of those things. Yeah. So here's the thing. I started reading it, and it's about a young, ambitious female astronaut's uh, life. So we start off, and June is the main character. Okay. And we start off, and she's um, an orphan, and she lives with her aunt, and her uncle dies, and her uncle is like this um, spaceship technician, inventor, uh, engineer guy. Okay. And um, he's he's developed some, uh, like, power cell, which is powering a spaceship, which is going off past, you know, out into the outer edges of the solar system. Wow, cool. It sounds all good. Sounds good. And she, and but then that spaceship, her uncle is dead, but then that spaceship um, is lost or they lose all connection. Like the radio breaks and they're not quite sure if it's still there or not. They're picking up some signals from it, but they're not sure if everyone on board is dead or not. Mm-hmm. And so we're like... So it becomes uh, a rescue mission. Well, that's the point. Is is Are we going to go out there and rescue them or not? Okay. It's it's going to be really annoying to go all the way out there to rescue them because it takes like two years to get there. Or right. it takes a and year to get out there. And then it turns out And they're not, all dead. Yeah. Not really sure. So straight away I'm thinking, all oh, right, rescue mission. Right. This is where we're going to get the Martian kind of thing we're gonna yes. do, we're gonna have a martian but also made me think of lots of other um science fiction books and you know like a movie like um uh, uh trying to think of one interstellar you know yeah, we're like yeah. oh someone's stuck out in uh someone's stuck out in this place we've got to oh actually it's matt damon again isn't yes. it it's the same yeah. <laughs> same guy but also event horizon where you're like ah oh, there's this thing they went out ne- to the orbit of neptune mm-hmm. and it broke down we don't know what happened to the crew we got this one ambiguous radio message now two years later we're going to return to the scene and see if we if there's a rescue or we're just going to discover what's going on but yeah. she's only 12 years old oh uh, at this oh, point okay okay and so I, thought... I was like oh a young astronaut so i'm like oh, all right we're going to get her growing up yeah and doing it she also she's a, a genius um uh, so she just by looking at the plans she's like oh i worked out what the issue with this power system was oh. and why it when must she's have 12 years it. old yeah when she's 12 because she's a genius she just looks at it and she can run through like like uh, chemical reactions and electrical things like in her brain to work out why this thing is going to fail in the future. Wow. And I was like, ah, oh, impressive. I can understand how she becomes an astronaut, you know, how she becomes a lady astronaut. Well, how, with, it, uh, with 12 years old, no, how do she you has get to the then knowledge? Go to, she has to then go to astronaut training school. <laughs> okay. So she's an orphan. And yeah. her mother, uh, her like aunt is, you know, looking after her and yeah. wants to get rid of her. So she sends oh, okay. her off to boarding school. And the boarding right. school that she gets sent to is this um, astronaut training school. And the only reason she gets in is because she her is uncle. the her uncle. Of course. It's, it's, I think the school is named after her uncle. Oh, my God. Or something like that. So because right. of this endowment and he was a famous. Yeah. Um, and and was, was the, the original parent, was it um, uncle's side or 
on site. Do we don't know? remember? Don't care. Okay. It's not important. Okay. Uh, so she goes there, and then it's like really bad, and the food is bad, and she's bullied and boarding ignored, school. and so boarding school. So what we have here is this situation. I was like, mm, I'm getting like halfway through the book at this oh, point, really? and we're still with a 12 year old girl trying to make her way and like trying to get people, and she's always distracted by things because she fi- again she finds things in the school really easy, but mm. some things really challenging, and mm. she's has a lot of difficulty communicating mm. what's going on mm-hmm. and she has got like this uh you know this very dedicated um list she always listening to the the broadcast from this spaceship okay and uh yeah so it but here's the thing i was reading this going this feels very dickensian like very victorian like it's about an orphan who goes to right. a boarding school and i was like very, this is, this yeah, is like victorian. oliver and the food yes. they keep talking about how bad the food is and they're yeah. like oh the food is so bad i can't eat it and i was like this is weird because they're at astronaut training school like space camp yeah and they're complaining and they're being bullied and it and i was like this is strange because it feels like you know, like we we want to do we want to do a Dickensian like orphan story growing up and becoming you know great expectations or you know yeah. whatever these yeah, novels yeah. are and I was like oh, I'm, but, but I was struggling with the world building because I was like in what world uh, what world are we in where somebody who is an orphan has to live with the aunt and the aunt is really cruel to them and sends them away to a boarding school and then the boarding school is like a boarding school in you know ni- uh, like eighteen fifty or. <laughs> 1860 I don't know when Dickens was writing you know like what 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 world are we in here yes. and I was like but it there is no world building to this it's just we are it's just and this, this is, is halfway the through the book yeah you're getting I'm getting like 40% of the way through the book okay meanwhile Jenny has posted currently reading and I was sending her a message saying oh I'm currently reading that as well and then she finishes the book because Jenny uh, I so have she reading finishes every, she finishes the book every book 18 every hours day. yeah um and uh, so let me go over to Jenny's uh, review. I haven't listened to a podcast. I don't think she's done a podcast about that. I'd have to check if she's done a podcast about mm. about this. Um, she says, I've been procrastinating on this review because this book uh, has been highly anticipated after I loved this author's first book, If Then. The, the book is called If, comma, Then. Like, Best. If Then. I don't know. Yeah. It's something about alternate universes or something. Okay. I, I, I haven't looked it up. Um, if I had realised this was intended to be Jane Eyre meets The Martian, I may have gone in with more caution. It's just a taste thing. I overwhelmingly dislike retellings. And I, and then it suddenly clicked in my head. I was like, oh, it's not Dickens. It's, it's it, We're doing Jane Eyre. Yeah. Um, who, who wrote Jane Eyre? I had it here as well. Bronte? No. No. Yeah, Charlotte Bronte. I was, I was, oh, yes. I was just trying to work out which Bronte because there was Bronte sisters, yes. and I was like, I'm going to say the wrong Bronte. <laughs> um, so Jane Eyre, and then I was like, oh right, that is because it's a retelling. Mm. It doesn't make any sense. Like it doesn't make sense that this world, like, like if there is, a, if we're in a world where spaceships are going off to the orbit of Neptune, yes. we can't also be in a world where space, like people who are training to be s- astronauts, start at the age of twelve, yeah. and then go into candidate groups, and it's also like a menial job that you like orphans get to do, yeah. And and this is the thing, right away, the entire book makes no sense at all because there is no world building and it's strange because i wouldn't mind a book where 
orphans, like being an astronaut is like a job for orphans. And yeah, that it's you like bring, a normal thing. And oh, that, it's a normal thing. Yeah. And, and, it would, and it would be fine. But you, I didn't go into this expecting that we are in an alternate dimension where the, the laws of the universe are just different. And okay. the planets are different. They go to this place at one point called the Pink Planet. And I'm like, oh, Mars. You know, and I was looking at the, you know, the book cover and like yeah. the pink, like pink astronaut, this painting redemption. Yeah. And it feels like, um, it feels like uh, Kate Hope Day. Is that the, the yeah. author? Yeah, Kate Hope Day has seen this picture by Jeremy Geddes mm. and gone, oh, a, a lady astronaut on a pink background. Oh, I'll also have a pink planet. And they go to this planet. And I was like, oh, it must be Mars. And I was like, no, it's not Mars because it's actually a moon going around another planet. And the atmosphere isn't breathable. It's actually kind of poisonous. It makes your, you know, your head go numb if you expose it to. Oh, okay. But then it's close enough to the, and I was, because I was trying to work out like what. Where is, are we? Yeah. No, we're not in our universe. We're not in okay. our solar system. We're on, we're literally in an alternate dimension where everything like science is just different um the way that space programs works is just different okay it's 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 one of these crazy things i was like oh but there's no world building we're just in a world which is different now this could have been this can work for example there's this novel called anathem by neil stevenson yeah and it starts off and they're like these are this guy is going into a monastery and he's going to become a monk and i was like what kind of monk it's like well not a catholic monk actually a space monk and you're like what <laughs> and as you read the book you're like okay we're not okay, in our world yeah. it's very clear that we're not in our world yeah. they're doing um you know observations of the moon and all this kind of stuff and you, you know it's okay. quite clear and they have computers but the computer like everyone's got a mobile phone but it's right. not called a mobile phone it's called like a g-jaw like things have different words and different yes. Names. And that's when you figure out, oh, it's not us. No, you right. figure out very quite very early on. Yeah. But as you read through the book, it uh, like later on, some spoilers here, not really spoilers, but it's revealed that it is actually an alternate universe. It's not right. a fantasy one because people from our universe have actually crossed Come, over yeah. into that universe. <laughs> right. And we're like, ah, oh, the underlying like Planck length here is different. Like the, right. uh, the fundamental laws of the universe are slightly different. Okay. And that chemistry works slightly differently and the orbits are slightly different. Right. And mathematics is the same, but except for those mathematics, like some else they talk about this infinitely tiling um uh, what is it penrose tiling you know yeah. that where yeah. it's like a, a certain number of shapes that yes. you can then tile and uh, uh, tessellate. not repeated yeah or, not really yeah. and you think well none of these two can be in the same place the idea mm. is that if you flip one tile mm -hmm. in this one place it no longer fits in that plane you actually have to start again from a different thing penrose tiling as an analogy of different universes mm. is a fantastic part of anathem and really rewires your brain to the point is that like oh if we are in a world where there's a planet nearby which has got a moon which is pink and that that moon is called the pink planet. And now we're back into in the quick. Yeah, we're back in. The, but the point, none of this is mentioned. It just feels like shoddy science fiction because you can't bring in any of your knowledge of our world or any of your knowledge of science fiction world or any of your knowledge of science or any of your knowledge of how space works or how humans work or okay. how thought works or how people yeah, react. But, but that's not, I mean, that's what books do. It, again, right? expectations. Lady astronaut having a love affair mixed with the Martian in the style of the Martian. But the, then No, let me finish. Mm. The Martian works because it's set in our world. Yeah. And you, as a reader, can use your knowledge of how the real world works. To that work when you're presented him. a problem, you're like, ah, yeah. this problem. I know this problem. Yeah. What he needs to do is, like, but, when but, he but. starts talking about, like, making 
dirt sort of like yeah. well you know the earth the dirt is sterile so yeah. i have to get some you know i have to get some bacteria and you're like all oh, right and you go he starts mixing shit with the martian surface and you're yeah. like ah that is what you'd have to do and it's satisfying when someone solves a problem yeah because the way that they solve the problem is using human experience and actual, actually yes. our science yeah. to to fix something yes whereas in this book at one point she's like oh i'm you know i'm feeling pain oh what i need to do is the atmosphere of this planet has got it's kind of like a, a drug which uh, is uh, you know it, it takes away your pain so right. i'm gonna i'm gonna stick my head outside and uh, when i do this oral surgery and that means it's gonna be oh you know that kind of thing you're just like oh is there an atmosphere of a planet which doesn't immediately kill you but does make you feel less pain it's like okay. nitrous oxide or something like that and but that's the, as close as it ever gets to the Martian. And also, Kate Hope Day doesn't know enough about technology or space travel to make it any, anything interesting or satisfying. At one point, she's saying, oh, and then I was on this spaceship and then someone came in and I was like, oh, I was eating breakfast and I was eating my cereal. And I was like, cereal? I was like, how? And it, and it just tripped me up. And I was like, this little bit of mention of what she was eating. She was eating her cereal. I was like... What what are you putting on your cereal? Okay, well it must be milk, but then you, there is no no milk in space, so then it has to be like powdered milk, and then, so you actually have to mix the milk to make powdered milk. Do they have gravity on the? Yeah, it's on it's on this on the pink planet. Okay. And then I was thinking cereal, like that, like legendarily. Um, badly packing <laughs> badly ta it's like if you're going to space and you're like oh, we've got to take some food with us what food are you going to take which packs small and is light of course cereal is light and you can just mix it with some water well, or something we often i think i often read in in uh science fiction books or yeah. space travel, like yeah. they eat cereal bars yeah like, yeah like a cereal like bar a, it's like much like more compact, compact thing yeah. Com you're, if you're having to travel around with them and it's one of those things I was like why am I being tripped up in this book by her eat talking about eating cereal for breakfast and then she goes and brushes the teeth and I was like how how do they get to the why how is it so difficult to get across this the, the, there's this like how do they get to the pink planet so easily that they can restock it like they talk about how much stuff is there and how many people turn up to help fix this spaceship mm -hmm. it's like really easy to get to the pink planet mm -hmm. But then it's impossible to get over to this. It's too difficult to get over to this spaceship, which is a year away. Like, and I, like everything about uh, every single part of the world building in this novel is just chucked out there. And I'm just like, what? How? What? Like, how does? So I'm saying it's it's unsatisfying science fiction if it is science fiction, and most people shelve this as science fiction. And I went into it expecting science fiction. Mm. But if you're going to read this book and you want to enjoy it, know that there are, is almost no law of our universe which is the same in this universe that this book is taking place right. in, in the Creek is taking place. So it's in. more fantasy, except that there's no magic and no nothing. It's just it's it's science fiction set in a world where all of the rules of the world are different, mm -hmm. and the author doesn't put in any effort to do any world building to for you to expect any of those rules to be different. But let me put out a thing, a thought here. Yeah. If you take away the science. Mm -hmm. from the science fiction mm -hmm. what are you left with you you're left with fiction you're just left with fiction yes, but here's and the it's thing. a fic fictitious also idea 
the world that this is taking place in mm-hmm. is this mismatch of somebody trying to do a Jane Eyre retelling, which is set in like 1850. I should look it up here. I literally have the Wikipedia have, you have page. It right there. Um, plot. Uh, it was originally published in three volumes. Oh, wait a second. So it's setting in the reign of George III. So 1760 to 1820. Oh, earlier than I was expecting. Yes. Okay. So what you have to do now. Is it's not science fiction. Let's put aside all the stuff about science fiction, which I was expecting when it says it's in the vein of the Martian, mm. you know. But you can't predict anything that's going to happen scientifically or and nothing that happens is satisfying because it's just someone just goes, oh, I'll just do this. I'll just press some buttons. Yeah. Um, uh, wait a second. Then, mm-hmm. if it's just fiction, you're like, mm-hmm. okay, put aside all science fiction. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be the story mm-hmm. of how somebody interacts with other people. It's then also impossible to know how somebody should be reacting in this world when there's zero world building to explain why astronauts is like orphans are being trained as astronauts, and it's this like menial position that you get given really nasty food if you're if you're clever enough to be an astronaut. It's like nobody cares, like. Mm. No, and then the way that they interact is sort of like oh love a fiery love affair and I was like yes love affairs in you know written you, you know this uh, Pride and Prejudice you know it's all yeah. like oh in this it's these love affairs are very important because it's the way that these women are going to set up for their lives and they're yeah. going to get this inheritance or they're not going to get yeah. their inheritance or the inheritance isn't big enough so they've got to marry for all that kind the, of stuff the third cousin removed gets yeah. the inheritance yeah, because you, the then women you've got to marry your cousin yes. all of that kind of stuff yeah. which is you know what you're reading Pride and Prejudice 4 or Jane Eyre yeah. 4 you know all those like social mechanics that you mm. want to, that you have to navigate but also social mechanics at the time when the authors yes. wrote it like yeah. they knew what they although were although I think they were often writing they were also period, writing period pieces as well yes yeah. but also they were closer and they knew yeah. what they were writing yeah, about yeah it was in socially. living memory yes. they were like writing about you know like what, women were still treated like yeah, that at course. the time so all of that does. there's no reason for that at all so at one point I made a note which is sort of like there has to be some kind of world building reason why these two people aren't just fucking already because i'm reading this in 2021 no, no, wait. we are still at 12 years old okay let's okay skip for, she she grows up like oh, in the second okay. half of the book she's older and right. she goes into space and meets someone and there's just you know they said this fiery love affair mm. and and they start you know getting and i was sort of like why are they, they're not fucking yet like why aren't they fu- they're the only two people on this entire planet and they're attracted to each other why aren't they fucking and it's and it's there's reasons why people aren't fucking in you know eighteen twenty or whatever it is. It's because oh no, it's be- like they do this courting. It shit feels where it's yeah, like- and I was like, there's no reason for this. So let me just continue on now. Oh, with- the, but they are by themselves on that planet. Jeremy, uh, no, sorry, this is sorry, not Jeremy. I've got two things: Jeremy Geddes and Jenny Colvin. So Jenny goes, um, they, this is about I. Um, uh, what is it? it says, I overwhelmingly dislike retellings. They often force the author to make the characters do things that don't make sense for them in honour of the larger form. And that might explain some of the choices here. To me, there are too many unbelievable things in in what felt practically present day, but couldn't be. And a strange lack of intelligence and oversight by those I would expect to have it. While the child who shouldn't be that smart seems to have no limits. Such a good cover, though, is how Jerry, <laughs> is how Jenny finishes off that. Someone replies, uh, that is a great clever. And I feel the retelling of the story. It is hard to do so well. Someone else says, such a good cover. Um, somebody else says, uh, I love this beginning when she's a kid at school. As soon as she left school for space, I totally checked out. Um, you know, and so other but people say. But it's really interesting. Like, epic cover, so I wanna, sure. I want to ask another yeah. question here. If you, if you just, without 
reading the blurb that tells yeah. you, okay, this is this mixed yeah. with that. If you just see the cover yeah. and if you just start reading the book because you've picked it up somewhere, yeah. could you, without those thoughts being put in your, could you still, could you get into it? Well, here's the thing. I went into this not knowing it was a retelling of Jane Eyre, mm. but I was like halfway through the book when she's still a kid. And I was like baffled about the world building. You know what I say? I was like, how, like, why does this feel like I'm reading a Dickens book? But there's no, there was nothing to, there was nothing there which let me just accept that orf, like that you could go to an orphanage and become an astronaut. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the the way that people become astronauts now aren't they're not just students from an orphanage who go into a certain the clever ones. Well, not all of them are orphanages, but at a boarding school mm. and like the clever ones they pick out and they become candidates and then they're going to be going on space missions. And I was like, this just isn't how the world works. But it's kind of just assumed that the world is working in a way. And as but then I knew it was about Jane Eyre. I'm just saying it doesn't work. The book doesn't work on its own terms. Okay. It doesn't work in the terms that it's given that with the expectations of the blurb. It doesn't yes, but, work with the cover. Okay, but the, the author, I don't know how much authors have say. Let into me tell you this. Blurbs. Let me cut to the chase. Okay. The book doesn't work. Okay. It might work for people who know so little about science fiction or care so little about science fiction and just just if you just maybe if you can just go with it. Maybe. But even then the the characters aren't doing things that make sense. They only make sense when you realize this is a telling of Jane Eyre, a okay. retelling of the Jane Eyre story. Oh, because so, and it's been a long time since I, I think I had to. I think we were meant to have read Jane Eyre at school. Either way, I I remember it from a TV show <laughs> yeah. that I think we watched at school. Yeah. And there's this part of the book where you just like like as a as a 13 year old kid in school or something. Yeah. The, the in the 1990s. Part, yeah, in the 1990s, something comes along. You're like, holy, this is what you know. And it's like horrific. Some stuff that happens in that book, which is like these days would be well. Now it's like it would be super passe for of this course. to be a, a horror. But they were kind of like you know psychological thriller horror elements in it, yeah. certainly to 13 year old Luke. Yes. When like wait. The love interest is keeping someone locked up. Like there's this like mad, like this other woman yeah. in the house. Do you remember this or something like that? I don't know. Who sets a fire. Anyway, it's all about like keeping somebody locked up. Yeah. So as I was getting into the section and the love story was happening, I'm like, am I? So if this is the guy that she falls in love with, who is keeping the previous lover locked up mm-hmm. in a in the attic or something? Oh no, it's the oh yeah, it's the 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 former wife. Yeah, it's the former who is, um, but who wasn't mentally really married. Yeah, the mentally Ill, Ill former wife or something yeah. like that. So yeah. as I was going through this yeah. book, I was like, and that again, I'd for, I even though I knew it was Jane Eyre, I'd for, I was like forgetting forgetting which one was Jane Eyre. It's like if you start reading Dickens, you're like, yeah. which one is this? And you're like, yeah. oh, it's, it's it's this one, you know. Yeah. And these some of these old uh, you know famous romance stuff. You know, I, I've uh, Pride and Prejudice. I know well enough from movies that I've yes. seen recently yes. enough to, yes. to yeah. kind of know the characters and know the story and know the yeah. setup. Jane Eyre is something that I've not experienced since I was thirteen, or yeah. not read or seen on TV since I was thirteen. So as I went further on in this book, and suddenly there's sort of like, oh, there's a fire in your room. That's weird. Why is there a fire in your room? And I was like, oh yeah, the fire in the room is because, because the crazy of, is, is yeah. was it the ex-wife came out and tried to kill no, the, the wife. Yeah, it is uh, his wife. That's the whole point yes, of it. Okay. Is that he can't. So there's a fire get in out and I was like, oh, so on the yeah. space station, they're not the only people on the pink planet. There's going to be another, there's going to be another woman here. Mm. And so I was reading, trying to remember like what, but 
what happened with her? Like, and I didn't remember from Jane Eyre enough. Of what, so again, as I mentioned to you yesterday on the couch, I was like, I was trying to remember what's going to happen in the book that right. I'm reading. Yes, because you've you you figured out okay, it's based on that book. Yeah. So that meant these certain things will have to come in place. Yes, there's for gonna it to there's be... gonna be another woman here that mm. like that Jane. Sorry, June in this book. I should have seen it. the main character called June, not uh, Jane. You know, it's oh, one of those clung yeah. like when I, when oh, I was like, oh, oh, oh Jane, yeah, and this is June. But again, I only noticed okay. it because at that point I was still just in you know orphanage, bad food, bad right. food at the orphanage, bad right. food at the boarding school stage of the reading. Now. The last episode, we mentioned something which I think fits really well here. Yeah. I think you said something about there's books that um, are filed under... No, what did you say? It's uh, books that are filed under... something something fiction science fiction but yeah. the people who like science fiction won't read it because it was not enough yeah, yeah what yeah. did you say yeah yeah that, that does happen it was the we were talking about oryx and crake that yes. the that yes. some people say oh no that's literature not science fiction so i'm not going to read it in the science fiction group and then the literature group is like oh i'm not reading that because it's not it's, literature it's science fiction yes here's the thing this is science fiction there is nothing there is nothing about this which oh, it isn't is. science yes it's about a lady astronaut who's flying in space and and solving problems in space and learning you know and trying to solve things about power units and stuff but how how it's just big? the most unsatisfying okay, now, science fiction ever here we ever. come down okay. to it yeah. the venn diagram of this book yeah right you have you have the book in the middle yeah and you have it the something science fictiony about it yeah but how big is the overlap of people who are really into science fiction like to read uh astronaut books yeah with also enjoying a retelling of jane eyre at the same time okay i can't answer that it's not me no, but it's not me i don't <laughs> i don't care it? enough like i said the last time i read or i think i read some of it but again i most of my memories come from a tv show that we watched in class in, okay you know in english class or whatever yeah. and we wouldn't have watched all of it because i went back and there's like 12 episodes so we probably only watched like a few like a, a few episodes or bits and pieces of okay. it you know? i can't believe we would have watched the whole thing but that's like i say my memory of jane eyre yeah. is like a bbc uh, uh, period piece right is what I have um, here's the thing a young ambitious female astronaut's life is upended by a fiery love affair that threatens the rescue of a lost crew okay so if I'm saying that I've talked already that she's young she's ambitious and she's very clever mm-hmm. she solves the problems in the spaceships when she's 12 years old mm-hmm. okay and she's ambitious mm-hmm. um Upended by a fiery love affair. Mm. This is this is like an eight-hour audiobook. That mm. fiery love affair mm-hmm. begins mm. around about six and a half hours into the eight-hour audiobook. But it's worth mentioning there. This is what it is. A young, ambitious female astronaut's life is upended by a fiery love affair. It is... What is upended? Up? Like upended, like turned around, flipped oh, upside okay, down. Flipped upside you know, down. her okay. life is upended. Okay. One, her life, spoiler, her life is not upended. Okay. It just happens. She's living her life. This love affair begins. It's part of a life. Part yeah. of what? I guess there is some also, consequences. Also, only two people on the yeah, planet, yeah. you know. A fiery love affair, which is so terribly written. It's the one of the worst fiery love affairs <laughs> I've ever. I honestly th- no. Let me, let me. Do, no, no, they no, no, don't no. do astronaut you, talk. You have to stop trying to defend this book. This book is garbage, and every single time I'm telling you something bad about it, you're like, oh, maybe it's good because of this. Maybe some people jump in. It's a garbage book. 
Stop <laughs> trying to defend this book to me. I can't believe if you're the one who's sticking up for this book. If you haven't read it, you don't care about it. Okay, so we get to this point. Up until this point, this 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 twelve-year-old uh, girl. Well, she's been twelve-year-old or whatever like that. So there's she's nothing. Twelve-year-old for most of the book. For half of the book, then right. she grows up and yeah. she's adult. Okay. She has no sexual feelings at all for anything. Like there's there's nothing okay, about. Happens. She is a totally non like being she is an asexual a, person. A, that happens. She, I'm not saying she is. I'm saying within the book. Yeah. There isn't this until she's with James and this character James turned up and suddenly she starts describing mm, and he smells like this. And then his I, I see his hands and she starts like to maybe not hands, but like and he's got big hands. And then and then the the, the, the hair on his chest was curly. And I was like, this <laughs> sound like Sorry. this sounds like a parody of somebody writing one of those trashy love novels where they're like, oh, the gardener comes in and the wife and is like muscles this. And the muscles are shiny. And I was like, oh, we've got to chapter four and we need oh, a love sorry, scene by chapter six. I don't worry about it. We got to chapter four and we're gonna get this love scene by chapter six and then so you have to show how she's physically attracted mm -hmm. and the way it is it's just sort of like oh she noticed it's like you've never she's never noticed or described anything except how bad the food was up until this point right. and suddenly she starts describing the the curly hair on his chest and how what he smells like when he comes close and it's terribly written then you get a and then the actual how they fall in love is that there's some problem with some it's the same thing with this they solve uh, problems together they, they're solving problems together and you know you you, you know what you, how they how she shows how they solve problems together a montage it's sort of like and then this day we did this and we started oh, okay. we started finishing each other's sentence from each other i was like d do that like show me the like, conversation actually have the where conversation you, where you finish the sentence where you finish each other's sentence right. but we don't it fast forwards is in it fast forwards in a well, montage if you spend her first half of the book her being 12 years old you have to do well, some the fast only way that they got out of that was by a montage right again i haven't even talked about the pacing problems i'm just talking about like the setup i've got many notes that i need to get to here some of them i'm covering but a few times already she just, 50 minutes into the i'm point. gonna get through the notes quite quickly <laughs> okay they fought they fought in love in a montage by this, solving problems and, and then, finishing each other's sentences how yeah we're told that they start falling in love we're told that they that they start finishing each other's sentences and then they touch for each other and i'm like and this is weeks have gone by at this point mm. i'm like how are you not fucking already and then there's this then the sex scene happens but weirdly This is, but they've, they've just had a conversation previously, like, again, maybe weeks in advance in their time, but we've just done it all fast forward in a montage. Mm -hmm. The way that this character has been introduced is that when she was 12 years old, he was a graduate student from this place and he, he would come round and visit her uncle when her uncle was still alive. Okay. And so the sex scene happens between two people where one of them, like the man was like, like, old enough. like 20 years old when she was 12 years old. And that's when they first met each other and now this is long enough later that she's now 18 or 20 mm. or something that and he's a bit older but and then it's just creepy you know what? This... because half of the book it's a 12 year old girl yeah fast forward and now a sex scene and i'm like ah ah this is she's still a 12 year old girl in my head yeah and the character that she's now having sex with is someone that she first met when she was 12 yeah. years old and that... he was a, an older and like a, an adult student and yeah and this it, reminds me a lot of like weird um in 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 germany um, yeah. Of course, in English, we also read English literature. But yeah. in, in German, in our German lessons, we then read the German equivalent to this kind of literature. Yeah, yeah. So in Germany, we read Effie Briest. Yeah. 
Uh, is that by, like the Jane Eyre, yes, like Dickensy, uh, Dickensian, the, the kind, yes, like kind this, of thing? the same level. And in that is exactly what happens. And this little girl at this point, I think she she's fifteen or sixteen at the at the point. She's so she's about to, like, she's supposed to marry this fifty year old or sixty year old yeah. guy, and that reminds me of, of this as well because this this guy is like a a friend of her father or i i don't remember all of the individual details but this is very much this yeah. kind of and it's so creepy for at the time when it happened right. but what is this time yeah like again if it was a t- if it was a world where <laughs> someone you could meet someone for the first time when they're 12 years old and then like like you know that kind of thing when oh when they grow up we're gonna be together but it's okay because you're rich and you you got you've got inheritance and i've got the name or something yeah. like all of the reasons why it would be okay to suddenly start fucking someone who you first met when they were 12 years old and you were an adult and now it's en- enough time has passed. And now that... Again, it could... It, can, it's possible to write this, this in a way which works out. Yes. This book fails. As a fiery oh, no. love affair, it was creepy, weird, written in montage, and then like creepy and unsatisfying and I was expecting this book to be a romance I wanted a lady astronaut to be in like chapter 3 like there's a space drama that happens and she's going to fall in love I would love a really good romance I want a really good lady astronaut romance yeah but it's too close to the um Victorian writing style, but then things are not happening in long dresses. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't even know it's Victorian writing style. It, but you know, it like, feels if like you, shit romance books writing you, style because it's sort of like, mm, and then the, the, he smelled mus- good. He was and playing with his muscles. Yeah, well, and it, no, it's just like when you start describing the chest hair of a man, it again. I'm not a woman, so I don't know if chest hair on a man is the thing that suddenly turns you on about a man and like, oh, yeah, he's the real provider. It's like, and also, you're the only people on this entire planet. Mm. You're the only two people here. Why aren't you fucking? And then it's, but also in the back of my mind when that's happening, I'm like, ah, also, Jane Eyre. he's the, he's mm, probably uh, the person uh-huh. who's no. Also, he's the person who's probably going to be keeping his previous lover, his previous wife, locked up in a room somewhere because she's crazy. And so that's in the yeah. back of my mind oh, okay. when the guy yeah. is fucking the woman who was a child when he well, oh. was a twelve-year-old child when he first met them. And I'm like, he's he's and so it continues on. And then this fiery love affair in the last hour of this audiobook is like this abusive relationship that then, of course, because it's Jane Eyre and I know what happens in Jane Eyre, they kind of get together again by the end of the book and she forgives him. And I'm like, oh. But what, is the, what about this issue with the spaceship? Wasn't that the whole premise that this fiery love affair gets in the way of saving other people? It doesn't because oh. he gets damaged and is half blinded or something. Which again, I think also happens in Jane Eyre because it makes no sense in this book. So I'm anything that doesn't make sense in this way in this <laughs> book, I assume from... it's just retelling of Jane Eyre. Okay. I'd have to read through the Wikipedia. I'm not going to read Jane Eyre again, okay. but I should read through the Wikipedia page. It... Oh, actually, let me have a quick look. I think it might. I've, I've got it right here. It might... Let me scroll all the way down to the bottom. Uh, something chapter. What's his main characters? Proposals. More house. Oh, that's that's. Um... Oh, I don't know. Mm. Oh, Rochester proposes again, and they are married. They live together in an old house. Rochester regains sight in what... Yeah, it's the same kind of thing here as well. So he gets half-blinded in this book here. So here's the thing. Let's go back to the blurb. And I know this is a... I don't want this to be too much of a long, long podcast. Where is it? In the quick. A young, ambitious female astronaut's life is ended by a fiery love affair. It's actually not fiery. It's creepy and abusive. That threatens the rescue of a lost crew. 
in this brilliantly imagined novel in the tradition of Station Eleven and the Martians. You're thinking, oh, the rescue of a lost crew, yeah. the Martian, this love affair is going to get in the way. No. She she just she just gets on the spaceship, leaves the leaves the uh, half crippled you know half blind guy behind. Again, I'm spoilers. I'm giving away the end of this book. They get on the spaceship, ready to set off to rescue the lost crew. The And book, that's not even part of the book. The book ends. The the book ends. I was waiting the entire time. I was waiting six and a half hours. Of an eight-hour audiobook for the fiery love affair that upends a f uh, an ambitious female astronaut's life, and then and, and it's going to get in the way of this rescue. The rescue doesn't happen, and also that didn't get in the way of it. It didn't get it. She just goes off to rescue them. It didn't get in the way, and I was wanting the Martian, but instead of Mark Watney out on Mars by himself, listening to a uh, listening to a you know ABBA music or whatever yeah. he does, and yeah. and quipping, and some people in the spaceship no, and some NASA people, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I was like, oh, it'd be really great if there's somebody over there, and then there's a love triangle, and there's a fiery love affair that gets in the way. Mm. Like Mark Watney's previous girlfriend is on the spaceship, and they're like, I'm gonna go back, and by the time they swing back around, <laughs> you know, all of the stuff that was in Possibly. my head. Possibilities. With uh, with all that kind of stuff. All the possibilities. No, it's just, it's not in the book. And the blurb was setting up this expectation. All right, so let me go over now. I'm going to go over and have a, there's a whole other blurb, which I've not read, read here, though. Um, so I'm going to go through some of these uh, other notes that I have. I've made Feels Very Dickens, Auburn Sent. Oh, actually, Jane Eyre. That's how I made that note once <laughs> yeah. I, once I do. Yeah, where is all the world building to explain why they treat astronaut trainees like boarding school orphans? Um, so it says here, big skip to 18 years old. So there's this 12-year-old, 18-year-old. There's this fast-forward montage where she's sort of like, I was this weedy kid, but then I started eating properly and exercising. And I got put on muscle and I got better at swimming and I got better at running and I could do push-ups and stuff. And I was like, oh, and it's this quick montage and then it skipped forward. And all of this first, like, 45% of the book, 40, 45% of the book where she's yeah. at this boarding school, where she's having all these issues, those issues aren't resolved. And then she, they just skip forward six years until she's How 18 years old. How did she get the good food? What? Where did she get the good food? No, she from? just started eating enough food. It wasn't good food to get. She just, But she just she, she, ate she, more in, of the bad food. Instead of not eating food like a 12-year-old kid, like a 12-year-old girl is like picky about her food, she's like, I'll be less picky about my food and starts eating it. Um, one of the main... So it wasn't really bad food in the end. I guess it, I guess it was fine. I guess it was fine. <laughs> okay. Again, it makes <laughs> no, no sense. sense yes. Okay. I get it. Everything I get I'm it. saying makes no sense. And then we skip forward 18 years and I was really disappointed because... Six it, years. Six years, sorry. Oh yeah, skip forward to when she's 18. Yeah. And it was so disappointing because it felt like the novel was going to like slowly catch... Oh, it was going to build up to mm -hmm. it. And it always feels like when there's a big time skip where none of that previous plot is resolved. It mm. just feels... It, I remember you telling me that. It feels <laughs> while really you annoying. Read it, while you listen to She it. goes into space and then there's bad space drama. She's utterly incompetent. She's like, I'm going to fix this thing. And she takes it apart and puts it together. And we go, oh, I didn't put this place in. And then she, it like, you, but, and I was thinking, you're in space. Everything that you do. It reminded me of the, the you know, the book Artemis by Andy Weir. Mm. Whereas like she starts fucking around with the air supply. And I, in the back of my head, I'm screaming, stop fucking around with the air supply. And then something goes wrong with the air supply. Mm. And you're like, exactly. Don't fuck around. And she does this. And then she's in space. And she goes I thought that she's a genius. She looks at plants she, and knows she is, she is. We are told she is a genius. Mm. As I'm reading this, I'm thinking, how much is she actually a genius? Because she never uses her genius to solve anything. Okay. 
whenever she goes, oh, I'm really good at taking part, things apart and putting them back together. Sort of like, oh, what does that spring do? Oh, I don't know. And then the spray sh- spaceship breaks and they've got to go out and solve it. Yeah. And then she's sort of like, oh, and I started floating off in space. But my tether, it's fine. My tether catches me. And I'm like, oh, she's not going to clip her properly onto her tether. And then she goes further down the spaceship. And then it just tether comes untouched. And then there has to be a, a, a sequence where she has to be rescued because her tether just snaps. And I'm like... Oh, it's so so the problems actually all, occur through yeah her being stupid. then she's on this thing and she picks this thing and she she helps rescue something and then she falls over and it's like and then her helmet popped off and i'm like we're living in a world what? where somebody can be in space and then the helmet can just pop off and like all the time and they're like oh and there was this fire but the fire the fire suppression system just failed and i'm like oh, we're just living in a world where something like in all, space just in the, space everybody learns immediately yeah, in space we're in Fire space, the worst. and they're like, "Oh, I bet. I guess we've got to do this upkeep of these scientific systems and these things which our lives depend on, because we're in space." And they're like, "Oh, it just broke. Oh, I'll fix it. Oh, that's fine. Oh, and then this thing's broken. Everything is idiot plot. Everything is just stuff breaking and stuff failing. Mm. Normally, because June has touched it, it's terrible. And um, the, the there's this uh, concept of verisimilitude, like when what? You, verisimilitude. Again, I knew you were going to say what, which is why I'm okay. now going to explain it. Yes, which is when you drop in little details into a story mm-hmm. which sound true enough okay you know? and it makes you feel grounded in the world right like so for example it's if like, we're well uh, i just what? recently read this about uh, in this tears woman actually yeah. they talk about this it's about lying and yeah. how you oh yeah uh, you, you sprinkle in truth, truth, truth and then into and the then lie. that yeah. person will think oh yeah this is this yeah. sounds true then the rest will also be true and in this this book has zero small details to make the world feel true or lived in okay. or good in any way so it's way. just a bad lie it it just feel it just like i say it's bad science fiction it's bad world building it's bad character motivations we have this science oh yeah a science montage and then I put no, no, actually, with no actual science or problem solving. So mm. this is the point. This is the moment where in the movie of The Martian, they're like, and now he needs to go across the planet. And in the book, we we read like uh, like excruciating details of him solving problems every step of the way. He has to get the solar panels out and he yes. puts them down and yes. he gets this much uh, things. And then there's a storm and then there's dust on yep. it and yep. all that kind of stuff. And um, in the movie, they're like, actually, at this point in the movie, we need to do the skip forward bit. Mm-hmm. That's what they do here. We do that. Ah, we'll do this. We'll do the problem solving, skipping forward bit. So it's like, oh, there's a problem. She needs to solve it. And then, and then here she solved it. Um, <laughs> let me actually say, I, I made a note here. Um, I can't remember. Oh yeah. So something. She she comes in. There's some problem. I pressed buttons and something something something. And I was like, that I pressed buttons is a direction in a screenplay. It's yes. not a satisfying view of somebody solving problems. Mm. I did this, movement happened. I pressed buttons and it had the outcome that I wanted. I was like, you can't just say, I pressed buttons in a novel. You, as the author, have to say, I wanted to achieve this. Mm. And then I achieved it. How did I do it? Oh, I pressed the right buttons. Or I entered in the right commands. Yeah. Like, you can't just say, I pressed buttons. In the screen directions of Star Trek, they can say, you, Sulu yes. on the bridge, or whoever it is, no, what does Sulu do? Is he the pilot? I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, but they're like, like you don't need to say, oh, fly no, around this like, asteroid. It's the, 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 the inscriptions as a, um, something, something. They, you see them pressing buttons. You see them but pressing you, buttons. But you as the person, as the viewer, don't need to know exactly like, what... You don't the, know what those buttons need to do, but yes. you need to know what 
problem they are solving yeah. that they then press buttons like and they uh, know the buttons yeah that's what you say put the shields to full and you see people like pushing levers and yes. pressing buttons and yeah. they're like i press the buttons but you don't say <laughs> you don't say press those buttons and then you see people press buttons like problem solved you're like what problem what did you like what happened there it's the it's the most annoying thing ever um i need world building to explain why they don't just fuck suddenly starts describing his chest hair and how he smells oh my god this is real i honestly didn't i honestly didn't know if this was like like if i was reading a parody of or what i didn't know what was going on here mm. um uh oh at one point she's doing this thing and uh she's alone in this bad situation okay and she somebody suddenly comes in to the spaceship opens the door comes into the spaceship and starts giving her some advice and then she was like oh that was a hallucination and that person disappears and i was like that's what they did in gravity George Clooney. Mm. And you remember the part where, you know, Sandra Bullock is in this thing and she's like pausing for a moment. And then George Clooney turns back at me like, yay, George Clooney, he was alive this whole time. And then you're like, oh, no, it's not. That's that's her, her telling, thinking. that's her using the uh, George Clooney as her mentor. Like, like what would that person yeah, say? Like, oh, in this think. situation, what would George yes. Clooney, the astronaut, do? And and then he like disappears and you're always like, oh, it's, he's still alive. Oh, no, it's not. And she just does that scene here as well. Okay. I wrote down here, calculating stars is a masterpiece. You remember calculating stars? Yes, I was just which is the lady when you were talking thing? when you were talking oh. about the sex scenes. I was waiting for them to talk about rockets taking off and whatever yeah. shooting things. <laughs> I don't think here's the thing. I remember being totally frustrated about calculating stars. Oh yeah, we had you had a rant. I had a rant uh, about episode. that again. The love scenes were terrible. I would prefer those love scenes. Like uh, like almost everything about this book, I prefer. Like <laughs> also. Calculating Stars is alternate history. Like, it's sort of like, oh, in a world yes. where she's an astronaut. Yeah. And, uh, it's like in uh, the 50s. And yeah, it's in the 50s. Yeah. The asteroid hits. Suddenly NASA has a purpose to go into space, mm. which isn't just a, a space race with the Russians. Yes. And the best candidates might be the women. Mm. This, this time out, the best candidates might be the women. Yeah. Great. Uh, no problem with that at all. <laughs> Actually, I was just... I wanted something in this book to just explain why everything was different in this book yeah uh, or everything was different in this world but like it was everything was meant to be science fiction-y familiar mm. and love story familiar but wasn't familiar like there's nothing here at all okay the problem here's the weird thing in this in the calculating stars the the main um woman yeah. i don't know i can't remember her name yeah the main character mrs lady astronaut yeah uh, miss lady astronaut mrs no i think she's married wasn't she um, I don't know. Yeah, she had a rocket launch uh, sex uh, with a <laughs> with a partner, I think. Anyway, so the reason why she isn't considered as a, a good candidate is because of sexism, and that's what the book is about. Mm. You know, I yes. think it's I think it's a noble yet flawed uh, attempt at doing that. However, it's not for me. I'm not a woman from the uh, you know. Th there's many reasons why that, but that is also a book where the the author of the book doesn't care enough about science fiction. She cares less about si she cares less about rockets than the character in the book. Yes. You remember this point? Sort of like oh yeah might as well tell you how this life-changing the most amazing moment in my life this rocket going off which was like the thing that this entire book has been reading but she like uh, i can't remember the name of the author was it robinette cowell or some mary yes. robinette cowell like she's more interested in the in the you know sexism social stuff yeah. and the, all that kind of which is fine again yeah but when it gets to it like oh i guess oh yeah i guess i should tell you about the rocket launch it was a success or whatever and i'm like ah oh, that's that that the author the the character the main character in this book cares way more about space and rockets than you do so mm. uh, but it was flawed but here in this book in in the quick it's like the author doesn't care about any of this 
kind of thing. Here's the th here, my main problem with this is that there is no reason why the main character of this book should be in this book at all. She is the she is okay. the nephew of someone, and I was like, ah, so, the reason she becomes a successful successful um, this is this is coming down to like the main fundamental like my fundamental complaint about this book now. Apart from all the other shit that I've talked about, a fundamental complaint about this is that the main character is a twelve year old kid who solves the problems of why um of like why the uh you know why, why the, that spaceship, why the spaceship has, has, has lost power yeah and isn't running anymore or something yeah. she she solves the problem yeah. and i was like ah this is like the calculating stars and the reason it turns out why the main character in that is one of the best equipped person is because she's the one who solves the problem you know that yeah. thing she's the one who works out that the astronaut that hit the earth is gonna is gonna heat up the earth and we need to go into space for the species to survive yeah and that's the reason why she is so why we why, follow her along yeah why we follow her along and that's the reason why she's the one who wrote the the quiz or the, the test that they give to the astronauts to see if they can do the maths in right. their head well enough she wrote those questions mm. and then she gets given that test and like well this is easy for me and i'm like ah oh, everyone is slowly recognizing that despite her being a woman she is the best qualified for this job mm -hmm. And so I was thinking, maybe this is the same kind of thing. First of all, there's no sexism in this book. So it's not sexism stopping her. But then she never manages to communicate with anybody that she knows that the spaceship, why the spaceship broke. Oh, she doesn't say that. She says it to some people, but she's a kid and is ignored. And I'm like, oh, when she's older, she's going to start. Gonna she, keep saying no, it. She, she never convinces anybody that the spaceship that she she never explains that she knows why it failed and also she discovers that the people who are on it are still alive she mm. never manages to explain that the people on that spaceship are still alive okay she never does the way so, that they find out in the end and people are convinced that they're still alive is somebody on that spaceship does a mark watney moment and gets one of the radios working and just calls in and says actually we're all alive can you come and rescue us please okay. and they're like yeah we'll send someone straight away and i was like we've been i've been waiting for june the main character in this novel to manage to somehow communicate her genius that she's done this with somebody else but everyone just ignores her and i'm like if everyone's ignoring her genius why is she an 18 year old spaceship astronaut candidate and is actually going into space when everybody else it's really difficult to do what she's doing nothing it doesn't make sense the book doesn't make sense mm. like the foundational part of this book that she is the one who is clever enough to solve this problem and i was like that must be the reason why she as a nerdy 12 year old kid who has problems talking with each other it has to be that other people finally recognize her genius and that she is the best person for this job and she is the one person to be able to solve this problem Nobody, she never actually convinces any of that person of that. Well, if she keeps making weird, weird uh, accidents happen. All she is is, a, is she is a, a safety liability. Hmm. She is like at one point, like, oh, and you need to drive this space tractor. And I'm like, well, of course she knows how to drive the space tractor because she's been stationed on this thing. Right. That's one of the tools. And she's, and she's been... like, she accidentally puts it in reverse. I'm like, fuck your hell. How do you accidentally put it in reverse? Like, I, I was going like, how is she here in space? We're told that she's a genius. She never manages to communicate her genius with anyone. And if she isn't able to communicate her genius with anyone, why is she in space? Why is she an astronaut? How do you get to be an astronaut without communicating your genius with anyone? 
That's why Mark Watney, who was an engineer and a botanist, to get to Mars, you had to have like two PhDs in two different subjects. Like everybody there is a genius. The people back at NASA are genius. He's a genius. It becomes, of course, genius um, problem solving pornography. But that's why I gave it five stars, because yeah. I had so much fun trying to keep up with the with genius the, yes. of Mark Watney. In this book, she's sort of like, oh, the... The, uh, the power cells, the reason why they fail is because they're vibrating. And I am going to ask you now, you, Juliana, <laughs> yeah. to solve the problem which takes eight years for a group of scientists to solve in this book, June being one of them, or maybe it's just her and James at this point. Okay, something is vibrating so much, mm -hmm. so much, mm -hmm. that it starts rattling itself apart, okay? Mm -hmm. Vibrating mm -hmm. so much that it rattles itself apart and breaks. Okay, yeah. Juliana, you, who is not a space scientist, <laughs> no. who is not a gen engineer, you're I not a NASA engineer, you're not in a candidate program, no. you're not a group of people who are getting around to specifically to try and solve this one problem. Mm -hmm. How would you solve something that if something shakes so much that it shakes itself apart mm -hmm. like it rattles itself apart yeah. how would you solve this problem go well offset the uh, the vibration like yeah. we know that uh, something gets into a uh, self okay. in the in the state of the self destruction because yeah. it gets into this you know with the with the curves they go into uh, the, freak the, the, the frequency the yeah uh, the, 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 well, we just watch this thing about the yeah, bridges okay. put it aside okay. okay and maybe dampeners okay I'm just saying something you're you're thinking too clever. Okay. Okay. D too clever. Uh, if you're, think it, if you're thinking about resonant frequencies and introducing resonant frequencies in the other way yeah, and dampening too, it out. Too, too. Yeah. No, they don't do they don't set I was thinking, oh they vibrate. What you need to then do is you need to put them opposite each other yeah. so the vibrations cancel, so cancel out. out. No, they don't do that. They're like, what we need to do is use some kind of suspension so it can vibrate but it's not firmly attached. Yeah, it's, it's just it, that's like it. I was. I was like, you what you what do you do with bridges? You set them on no, these. No, no, no. What you do with bridges? That... No, no. What you do with bridges? What you do with bicycles to stop it go? You know, when you go over something, your body oh. shakes. No, we're not talking. We're not talking about resonant oh, frequencies or anything. A mechanical. Just. It, they're okay. sort of like, oh, and because it's locked down and it's really rigidly thing. And then they looked into each other's eyes and they completed each other's sentence. What we need to do is mount it on something that moves slightly so it doesn't shake itself apart. And I'm like, fucking hell, that's the solution? You're just going to put you, the thing that vibrates until it breaks? You're just going to put some suspension on it? Like, you're just going to, it's not going to be fixed down to something that it rattles? But the and problem will still be there. It doesn't, the way that they solved the book was dumber than you just came up with. Do you understand what I'm saying here? The genius of I'm this a book. Genius. You're not a genius. You're not a genius. Mark Watney is a genius because he had somebody to make. Uh, you know who who wrote that book? I can't remember the guy who wrote the book. Andy Weir. Uh, yeah. Andy Weir was enough of a science nerd that he went through lots of different places. And like, what are lots of problems I can solve on yeah. Mars? You know, yeah. and he, he writes the book so that the the problems are there for them to be able to be solved in a satisfying way for the mm. reader. And here, the problem she works out the problem when she's twelve years old. And and it takes her years and years and years and years and years to convince other people that she's already worked out the problem and nobody else can understand what the problem is. And then the solution is like, oh, yeah, well, you should probably suspend it on something that can move rather than suspend it on something that is solid mm -hmm. so it doesn't shake itself apart. Mm. And nothing to do with resonant frequencies, nothing to do with like dampening, just like suspension, you know. And it's, I don't know, it's the, this entire novel is that bad. Okay, there's nothing I can say to like... You, I don't want you. I know you was like, oh, but it can't be that bad. No, 
it is this bad. The love story is not fiery. It doesn't interrupt her thing. Like all of the things of that were based on my expectations, what I was going to go on. Based on the blurb, um, you know, ambition, uh, ambitious female astronaut's life is upended by a fiery love affair that threatens the rescue of a lost crew in this brilliantly imagined novel in the tradition of Station Eleven and The Martian. Okay, all of that is wrong. And then on its own terms, all of it is wrong. To the point where I was honestly thinking... This must all be happening in June's head. When you suddenly get to the point where you're like, she's living in a fantasy world, like from the very moment of this book, she never actually solved the problem because the only time that the problem was actually, no, she never managed to solve the problem because she was, she never managed to communicate it with anybody. And then she never managed to communicate that the people were still alive. The people who were still alive just got the radio working again through no help with her, radioed in and done it. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm doing, maybe I'm had to have looked for all these like fight club like clues that, you know, oh, she's not there all along. She, it's, it's all, it's either all in her head. This is all a fantasy. Nothing of this is real. But then I'm like, why am I reading a story about something that's happening in a fantasy, an alternative universe, which isn't earth where there's a pink planet going around a moon, which is easy enough to get to that. You can just have dozens of people turn up to, do that people can eat cereal you know like in the martian they're like yeah. and we bought some potatoes because of it was coming up to thanksgiving it, yeah and they were like and there's a big plot point that we we spent some weight on some potatoes and that's good because it's I'm, that's the only thing i'm gonna eat for the next four months is potatoes that i'm gonna grow in my own shit and here they're like oh i was brushing my teeth and i ate some cereal and i'm just like oh. <laughs> this is great because well, you you kept comparing it to a book i think you gave 0.5 stars the to calculating <laughs> stars is a masterpiece compared to this and again i must be forgetting all of my frustrations with that book yeah. and only remembering like the really good opening of the book and like the, the set like the idea of calculating stars is really good except you should just watch mercury 13 it's on netflix it's like a documentary of actually the women astronauts who had to actually face the actual racism yes. and sexism in the 1960s and the, yeah. the battles that they went through there i found that like better than calculating stars because it's a real story so I don't what know. is it, being left here how what 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 do you mean what is left like what can you rate no it's 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 not quite a zero star book because here's the thing when it was just when it was june like that that first 40 percent of the book where it's sort of like oh this is weird the the, the orphans be put in a boarding school but they're learning to and it was like this alternate world you know you're like oh it's a bit like ender's game you know mm. like children in space okay you yeah. know yeah. training children they, they were, th- that first part of the book i was like oh this is trending towards you know like a three four star book if it pulls okay. it off it, massive nose dive 50% of the way through and then there's garbage to the end Okay. and the no matter what feelings that I had because when Jenny mentioned it to me she's sort of like oh I'm not sure oh like whatever the message um, actually maybe I could just do I have my messages here I can just look it up here what, what's the latest message that I did here oh no it, it couldn't have been on uh, Instagram um, because uh Otherwise, I've noticed it here. Yeah. Anyway, wherever where I messaged her about it, uh, yeah. I was like, uh, oh, well, I'm not up to the part where they're going to space yet. And she's sort of like, sigh. And I'm like, oh, really? Uh, it, it went no, it went, it, it was a nosedive, an impressively steep angle of nosedive. And then onto it hit the concrete. floor. Onto the concrete. And then it continued nosediving all the way through until the part of the end where the fiery love affair was with a creepy, abusive guy. They got together in the end. Mm. They fell in love again. She forgave him for keeping his previous lover locked in a room, trying to kill her, being a nasty uh, piece of work. You should never forgive all this, of this stuff. All this stuff, which you're like, ah, oh, well, it's, it's, it's 18... 
12 and you have to do it because there's no way for a woman to make it in the world except to put up with the abusive you know all this stuff which you kind of read into those things which mm. is the reason why I can never you know when you started watching um, uh, what is it Thingy Abbey what's that called um, oh Downton Abbey Downton Abbey I can't watch it because all I'm seeing is like the levels of abuse and control in these yes. relationships you're like oh he's a he's a kind master he's a, so I'm like yeah but they still have power over your life and your everything about it you know yeah. As a your woman, life is work. As, a, as someone who, yeah, your life is work or your life is being a breeding person or something. And there they're like, oh, get around it. He's got an American wife. And I'm like, yeah, what's going on? I don't know. There was something in the movie. I didn't, I, yeah. I saw a trailer or something. Um, but no, I can't watch that kind of stuff because it's so divorced from my life now that I don't find it fun yeah. to to see that kind of thing. I'm sure there are some examples that, that Bridgerton looked quite fun, although I wasn't that interested in it. But again, it's sort of like historical fiction, which isn't even historical anymore. No, no. But even that was about like, you, father, have so much power over me that I don't want to have a child and continue your line and stuff. And I don't have any attachment to that. All I see is abusive relationships yes. and abusive power structures yeah. and class structures and racism, sex, and that's all there. Yeah. And this book isn't even an exploration of that because it's the story of Jane Eyre removed from that and put into a fantasy world where there's no sexism. Like there just isn't any sexism here. Okay. And I was like, what's she fighting against? What she's going against? There isn't any patriarchy. There's no class structure. There's no So we the, don't get money this, isn't mentioned. We don't get the reason why we want to spend our time with the main character because they have to overcome things. She's an unsympathetic character who doesn't have to overcome anything. Okay. And she fails to convince people of her ideas and, and her plans and or the anything reader. like that. And the reader. And I I only believe that she's a genius because she says that she's worked out these problems. And yet there's never any real world impact to her solving these problems. Mm. The problems are always solved by, in the end, are solved by other people. Okay. And the, the astronauts who are stuck on the ship, which I was always convinced more that clever. she's going to be the one to reveal, you know, it, it's like in Contact, you know, when Jodie Foster, I know there's a book about it, but Jodie Foster, she's the one to decode the message. Yeah. Like, you decoded the message. That means you're top of the line to be the candidate. Well, she wasn't top of the line. In the end, she becomes top of the line to be the candidate to go and meet the aliens. Yes. Or to sit in the machine to talk to the aliens. Yeah. There'll be no reason why she should be there unless she was the one to solve the problem yeah. and uh, to do the thing. And here you get someone, she does solve the problem. She does decode the signal. She does understand what it is. She never convinces anyone that why like that she's correct or that she solved these problems. And yet she gets to go to space and, and being part of the rescue mission anyway. I'm like, this isn't how fiction works. I know it's weird to say this, but it's not, this isn't how science, not even how science fiction works. It isn't how... Books work. Books work. It isn't how fit. Like, if you're telling a story, there has to be a reason why we're following the story. Like, the, if it's a problem-solving story, you the person who solves the problem has to have an impact on the world. Yeah. Otherwise, why are we reading this story? Yeah. Why no, are we I, following along with it? I get it. The book is a failure on every single level. I'm going to give it 0 0.5 stars. Someone actually mentioned in in my... Uh, when I mentioned it, maybe it's, it's here, um, my activity. I think someone... Uh, so, oh... Oh, maybe someone sent me a message. I'm just yeah, scrolling around here, Goodreads. looking looking for looking for messages now on Goodreads. Someone sent me a message about this. It was either on Goodreads or something else. What is this? Messages? Am I clicking the right thing here? Oh, I, that's discussions. I was clicking. Okay. The discussions have a little. Um, ah, now, now you need to sign up. <laughs> now you need oh, to no. sign in. I need to sign in because it's. Now the signing into Goodreads, which you had open for uh, the yeah, whole but time. When you're just looking at public pages, you don't oh, just log right. in. It's only when you start logging in at your, your, your in your own profile. personal messages. Yeah. Yeah. Account. So um, 
Oh, it's not even there. Anyway, somebody sent me a message saying, I'd be surprised if you give this book more than two stars. <laughs> and it's true. You are it's... overrating this book. Yes. How is the uh, overall rating? Or was that in listener feedback? Or maybe it was in, maybe it was in uh, books I would like to see reviewed. Yeah. Let's have a look. Because we did mention that, did, did mention you? That. And it, it came up that you are reading it, right? Yeah. Let me go to let me go to the last page of books I would like to see reviewed on the Goodreads. I scroll down to the bottom. Oh yeah, Lindsay. In the last episode, I heard you were reading in the quick. That was on my to be read, so I bumped it up so I could be fresh for your review. I'm about seventy percent through, and I think your review will be interesting. Frankly, I'll be shocked if you give it more than two stars. It's an okay story. It's not, but nothing about the science or pa space program in the book makes any sense at all. It's not even an okay story. That's my issue with it. You know, the good thing is, I think people will love this episode because Why? we haven't had it's too long. Like, it's now no, twenty-two minutes. No. People will love it because you haven't had like a proper rant like this for ages. Except like two episodes ago. What? No, not like this. People complain I was ranting about Nova. No, no, no. No, not like this. This is um, level of hominids or no. the doomsday book. Yeah, maybe. Look, here's the thing. I, I, I talked a lot about this book. I didn't mean to go into so much detail, but I kind of got to get down to the Why? issues with it. <laughs> like what is it it's not just the it's not just that it's a retelling of a book look there's plenty of stories which can be retellings of previous oh, yes. stories yeah. which can work yeah you know like what was that one with the with the stone god and you were like oh it's the evil uncle you're like oh it can be a retelling and then i looked at other people like, it's a retelling of hamlet and i was like oh, yeah okay we can let okay let's call it a retelling of hamlet but it worked as a story it worked as an interesting story but also it worked as the story that has been told with the retelling of yeah, it. Yeah, there were a few things in that book where I'd be like, yeah, why is it the evil uncle? Oh, you know, you would think, oh, that's a bit interesting. Like, mm -hmm. why is that detail? Mm -hmm. And once you're like, oh, it's a retelling of Hamlet, you're like, ah, okay. So, But it still made sense in the story of the book. Yeah, it can still make sense. Yes. Even though sometimes you're like, why did that person leave for that amount of time? Like in The Lion King, you know, you go, oh, it's a retelling of Hamlet. And you're like, it, kind of. And when you know that, you're like, oh, it makes a few things make more make sense. Make more sense. Okay. Um, so anyway, I, I just looked at English. What quick. is the general rating? 3.5 stars. Now, I normally say, that if a book has got less than, what, 3.8 stars? Yeah, but it's very new. It's a new book. Here's the thing. A new book coming out like this. How many people have rated it? Quite a lot of people. Uh, 434. I'm just saying a 3.5... That's point, not a lot. 3.5 rate, 3.5 stars is a low rating on Goodreads. Really. Yes. But also 300 people rating the book is not um, a lot of 434 people. 434 rating. Yeah, 400 people. Um, so friend reviews. Jenny gives it three stars. Lindsay gives it two stars. Ernest gives it uh, four stars. Um... A story where folk... Oh, no, that's the, that's if then. Uh, anyway, it retells the story. I feel this... I feel uh, The feel is somewhere between the lady astronaut and the queen's gambit. Um, uh, this this book should find a broad audience. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's interesting. Day has done an outstanding job of creating a vision of a space program that's not quite ours with details like the NAP, the National Space Program instead of NASA, and adding a, a planet, the pink planet, to our solar system. She's clearly done her research, though she could have fit, uh, and though she could have fit it in our reality, she's chose to twist it enough so the story stands on its own rather than be swallowed by the real. Now I like the idea. 
Again, it's an admirable approach to say mm. this is in an alternative universe where it's not NASA, it's the NAP, the National Space Program, uh, or NAP, National, oh, whatever, National. How are they? NSP. NSP. Um, they talk about that. And then there's an extra planet. Like having the balls to just throw an extra planet into our solar system. Mm. Great. Like I'm, I'm that, I'm not complaining that it's not in our real world. It's I'm not compl- missing the fiction. Yeah. I'm complaining that there's zero there's zero establishment of the rules in this new world or like what's different about this world mm-hmm. talking about that book with the god stone i can't remember what it was called no the raven tower wasn't it oh like yes that. The raven like, tower. how yeah. much work was done in that book to establish the rules of how the oh, gods work a lot like it was half the book that was, was establishing that, was that the, we're not in our real world about. how the magic works what the people are doing like what the why the narrator is speaking like this all that yeah. kind of stuff anyway we've gone on like an hour and a half about this book i'm going to wrap it up here um so yeah pharaoh rated it two stars and then lots of other people have talked about this but yeah I'm, i was actually surprised like i totally get it that somebody could read this book and none of the problems that hit me hit them that's yes. fine give it five stars i can totally understand it that you find this character fascinating and all that kind of stuff okay and it but here's the thing it wasn't just that this book didn't meet my expectations of the blurb of the book or the the painting that i literally <laughs> i have the cover of this book hanging in my home or a print uh, a print a limited edition signed print of the painting of the that painting. they used of this as a book cover hanging in my home and have done for 10 years since i bought it in 2010 when you look at the cover now, is it connected? No, to again, the book? this book isn't. Uh, it's not good. There's some things where you're like, oh, don't use it. Don't use your favorite pop song, or don't use your favorite song as your alarm clock song, because when you wake up, you're gonna get annoyed. It's gonna get. Annoyed. I don't think so, because this book is below contempt. And again, I'm not even saying that uh, Hope Kate Hope Day is a bad author. It's just what she attempted. She failed at utterly which is a retelling of Jane Eyre. What she attempted at, which is something in the style of the Martian, she failed at utterly. I didn't even know it was a retelling of Jane Eyre or why things, it felt very like Dickensian of a, yeah. felt very Victorian at the start. You had to, like, this nimble in the back of your head. It's like, hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like n- none of that was there. Like that, that, the dawning realization that we weren't in our real world. Well, it was quite obvious at the start because it was sort of like NAP, the National Space uh, Program, rather than NASA. I was like, oh, this is interesting because there has to be this. I was thinking this is in the future when there's no longer NASA. There's the National Youth Program. Then they have like you, there's spaceships in space. I'm like, oh, this is in our future. And then I was like, oh, it's not in our future. It's just in another future. But no work is done to show how it's different except by incidental things, which then breaks the verisimilitude that there is none of it in this book. Mm. Every single detail in this book i had to second guess to say oh is this a detail that i can bring over from our world or is it a detail which is different from our world right is it a mistaken difference that she doesn't understand how physics works or does physics actually work differently in this other world because sometimes yeah. it works the same sometimes it doesn't yeah. you know like i know it's just it's it's crazy how bad this book fails at both meeting my expectations coming in where anywhere close to my expectations allowing it to set its own expectations and yeah. fulfilling those. Sometimes even if you if you have an Didn't expectation beforehand, a book can still then yeah, yeah, surprise you and, th- and you think like oh it didn't meet this expectation yeah, exactly. but like it Nova convinced me by Samuel me. Delaney I was like it's proto-cyberpunk and then I was like oh no it isn't it's space opera with literary dick swinging in it which I then enjoyed because then I wasn't reading it as proto-cyberpunk so the you know. book convinced it by it, it, it again it, did, it wasn't a massive success in that way but yeah. so many books were like I went into it expecting this it yeah. wasn't this I was expecting a fiery romance if there had been no romance in this book I'd been like oh fine it, it wasn't a romance yeah whatever that happened 
romance. I'll be fine about it. But then it tried to be a fiery romance, mm. but then it came off as Cringy. creepy. And also, I knew there was the, the person that the romance was happening with has probably got his previous lover locked up in a room somewhere. Uh. And then it fails as a fiery romance. Yes, and also, course. the writing of the romance was terrible, and it happened in montage. Yeah. You know. Then it becomes more horror. <laughs> no, it didn't. It wasn't even horror. It wasn't even Jane Eyre creeping, foreboding horror kind okay. of thing. Okay. It wasn't even that. Yeah. It just fails. Okay. 0.5 stars. Wow. Could it, at the bad. start, I was thinking two stars, three stars, because the fun child yeah. in child astronaut training to be an astronaut stuff was fine, you know, mm. but I was expecting, no, it wasn't I was expecting that set of expectations from me that then they were like, and now six years later, I was like, hey, I was enjoying that bit. <laughs> Can't then skip six years later without paying off any of those issues. <laughs> oh, well. An hour and 29 minutes. Yes. I'm sorry about this. And we've got another podcast to record with you. We have. We have we, another story. I think we're going to have to take a break for lunch and stuff. We might get we, to that maybe this evening sure. or something like yes. that. Yes. Maybe later this evening. Let's just go watch some TV. Okay, let's do that. Let's relax a bit. Yeah. Oh, we're going to do the... Um, well, should we do the Winter Soldier, maybe? Uh, or the Taskmaster episode. Okay. And we've still got Expanse Season 4 to get to. So once, oh, yes. once we finish these other ones, we should... We should oh. <gasps> oh, fuck me. It's what okay. are you doing? I, I did that yesterday. I knocked a glass over and I almost did it. It's on my desk. Thankfully, I'm setting up my laptop is not next to me, which is bad because I couldn't... But you just... When you set up your glass, you said, oh, I can be more relaxed because my laptop is out of the way. Yeah, it's not next to my laptop. And then I almost did it. Yeah, Yeah, you almost did it. Anyway. All right, thanks a lot for listening. Yeah, you can... If you throw stuff into the... um, um, the Goodreads, Goodreads listener group, group. Yeah. the SFBRP listener group on Goodreads is yes. how you get there. Um, you can also check out sfbrp.com and you can uh, look up a list of all the episodes that we've done and you can find the other... Um, 0. All, 0.5 star All the books. other books that we've given uh, 0.5 stars to. It's in an illustrious group with... Um, Robert, Mary Robin at Cowell, uh, Lady Astronaut. Oh, that was the, that was the last book that I gave exactly. zero five stars. Yeah, Quantum Night by Robert J. Sower. So, oh yes. Yeah. Oh, Joe don't Walton, even mention it. Joe Walton, among others, which uh, I mentioned last time out, didn't finish it. Fall of Hyperion. We talk about expecting a, a good book and being disappointed. <laughs> didn't finish that one. Yeah. Paul of Dune by Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson. Dune, uh, Hunters of Dune, also by Brian uh, <laughs> Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson. David Evans, Time Station Berlin, which, uh, weirdly enough, I have way better members of that than 0.5 stars, <laughs> I think, again. Uh, so, yeah, those are it. A very, a very small group. Uh, there's another, one book, which is Doomsday Book by Connie Willis, which I also... Uh, I think that's the book that I intended to read and got the smallest amount of time through, but still felt I could review it. Yes, and you did. Oh man! But anyway, it's a it's a good. How can no, I? No, how no. How can I have good memories of Robert Mary Robin at Cowell? I was so angry at that book. You I were. pressed stop at the end of it without even finishing the podcast, and now I've actually compared a few books to it recently and being I was I wish I was reading the Lady Astronaut series by the Calculating Stars by Mary Robin at Carroll and I was so angry about that at the time that I and I stopped the podcast without finishing it because I was so angry there's always possibility how do I have good memories of it how can I be other books but how can I be comparing that book well to other books anyway terrible it's been uh, enough distance for you to Right, that's it. Let's yeah. wrap it up there. Okay. Thanks a lot for listening and we'll catch you next time. Good. Oh, no, wait a second. Thank you very oh. much to our Patreon supporters. Oh, yes. Uh, I just got another one. Someone just oh, really? replied as well. Yeah, someone is, who just mentioned something to me on Twitter. Oh, uh, thank you so also, much. Also became a $1 Patreon. So thank you very that's much great. to our Patreons. Thank including you. Including Jeremy. Thank you, Jeremy, for thank making you, Jeremy. Uh, art that we hang up in our home and also we love being a it. Patreon supporter. Yes. Um, so that's it. Thanks a lot. For, oh, 
Patreon.com forward slash Luke Burridge if you actually want to support this this kind of stuff. Sorry again for a long episode, but hey. Sometimes that needs to happen. Some, somebody literally just said, trust us, we'll like these episodes. 0.5 Let's stars. see about the feedback to this one. Yeah, thanks a lot for listening and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye.